Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everyone. At this hour, you are you thinking of leaving Manhattan and heading to the Gold Coast in New Jersey? Why not the Hudson County region, Hoboken or Jersey City or more? I will speak to a realtor expert and get you all the important information that you will need. Kyle Klaus from Prestige Realty Group is here with me today. Also at this hour, the season may be over, but the housing market is still churning Forward in the Hamptons, the so-called Hamptons Middle, that is properties uh, priced from $1 million to $5 million, saw a moderate year-over-year gain in the third quarter, according to Douglas Elliman's recent market report. Our reporter and feet on the street, Raymond Lord, is here to discuss this with us. But first, I would like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I'm Vince Rocco, and you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate. Thanks for joining us today. The panel is also here, and we will get into all of that and more. But first, the news. This just in, uh, journalist Katie Kirk is selling her Park Avenue apartment for $8.25 million. Kirk is shedding her 10-room co-op at 1155 Park Avenue roughly a year after purchasing another condo nearby. The New York Post has reported this last week. Kirk and her husband, John Molnar, bought an apartment at 151 East 78th Street for $12.17 million. One source told the New York Post that Katie raised her family in that Park Avenue apartment but moved last year after she remarried. According to the listing, the apartment has three oversized windows with views of Park Avenue's famous Tulip Gardens and the Brick Church. Stripling's, uh, Stripling and Associates has the listing. Uh, Sean Ludwig received a three to nine year prison sentence last Wednesday in New York State Supreme Court in Central Islip on Long Island. In 2015, the developer who had been drinking crashed his car into a utility pole in Sag Harbor. He left the scene of the accident, leaving his injured passenger, Douglas Elliman broker Paul Hansen, on the side of the road to die. He pleaded guilty to aggravated vehicular homicide and leaving the scene of a fatal accident in August of this year. During the sentencing, Ludwig heard from his victim's family, according to Newsday. In response, he offered an apology. He said, I take responsibility for causing your brother's and your family member's death. I don't want to make excuses. I own the problem. Such a very, very sad story. Anyway, Sally Quinn, wife of former Washington Post executive editor Ben Bradley, has revealed to the New York Post that she indeed has a buyer for the fabled Gray Gardens estate, which was originally listed on the market for $19.95 million in February and took a price cut cut to $17.995 million in April. The final sales price is still not known at this time. As an added bonus for the curious, Quinn will hold an estate sale for sell it, to sell the furnishings, including some items belonging to Big Edie and Little Edie, the loopy mother and daughter who lived in decrepit conditions in Grey Gardens before the property's rehabilitation by Quinn and Bradley. The home earned its immortality after a 1975 documentary called Grey Gardens. It told the story of a reclusive, formerly wealthy mother-daughter duo, both named Edith Beale, who let the place crumble around them, all in the company of way too many cats. And New Jersey's soon-to-be-tallest tower, 99 Hudson, has now launched sales with starting prices from $889,000, the Wall Street Journal reports. Located in Jersey City, just a four-minute path train ride away from the World Trade Center, the China Overseas America Developed Condo Building will eventually soar to 887 feet, 
Work is currently underway on the base of the condo building. This base will stand seven stories tall, feature retail on the ground floor, parking spots, and most of the condo building's amenities. These amenities include a spa, a fitness center, a poker room. This one got me a poker room. Lord knows why, and a golf simulator, among other features. Golf simulator I can deal with. Atop the base will be a playground with an outdoor pool and other typical accoutrements like cabanas, fire pits, and barbecues. Fire pits on a roof. Okay. Designed by Perkins Eastman, the 79-story tower will bring 781 apartments to the neighborhood. The condo tower will be almost entirely clad in glass, except for the limestone columns that run up vertically on the building's facade. Anyway, with that said, my guest today is Kyle Klaus. He's an actor. He's a real estate professional, writer, investor, in no particular order, as he says. He's a broker and owner of Prestige Property Group in Hoboken, New Jersey, serving the Hudson County. Uh, Prestige Property uh, Group has quickly established a reputable name in the uh, fast-moving and challenging real estate market of Hudson County, the Gold Coast and beyond, as it's called. Um, Their company prides itself on providing grade-A real estate agents with that will exceed your expectations in your next move. The Prestige Property Group customer service promise commits every facet of the company's operations to deliver excellence and attention to detail so that every transaction is a pleasant one. Talk about the New Jersey Gold Coast real estate market. Let's get there. What? Tell, tell me, first of all, good morning and welcome uh, and, and thanks for coming good on this morning. Good morning. Thank you. But tell me about this Gold Coast. I've been hearing so much more about it, um, I'd say, the past six to eight months than I've ever heard before. Mm-hmm. It's a great place. But all of a sudden, the buzz is out of control. What's going on there? Sure. So the Gold Coast is actually an area that spans from, say, the George Washington Bridge down to Bayonne. But primarily, um, when you're talking about the Gold Coast, I would say uh, like Jersey City downtown, Hoboken, Weehawken are the primary markets. So like it's it's Jersey City downtown is just taken off. It's booming. I remember, and you know, I don't want to date myself, but we're going back to the '80s. I was working at IBM, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a new sales rep who joined the joined our group, and he li- was living in Jersey City. And I thought immediately, "Oh God, Jersey City! How is that possible?" I don't remember ever being there at that stage of my life. So, he had a little party. A bunch of us went out there. He was living in a brand new building at the time. It was really beautiful. It was on the water. But to get to this building, you had to drive through lots of not nice stuff. Um, and so years later I went back and then, you know, back and back and back. And every time I go there, it actually is becoming beautiful. It's, it's like really a great place to be. And it's not that far of a commute. Yeah. So that was like, that was the stigma on it. It was a downtown area was, you know, not as nice. Hoboken was always pretty much nice in the past, you know, always been nice pretty much. Um, Hoboken is wonderful. Yeah. And, um, just in the past couple of years, I mean, the downtown market, um, you know, from 2015 to 2016, the average sale price rose like 7%. Um, 2016 to 2017, 13%. So in the past 20 years, things are just taken off. And it's actually becoming more of like, um, you know, a Brooklyn area type feel. They're having, um, you know, they have a couple of roads blocked off sometimes on the weekends. So, you know, the downtown area is really like there's culture there. I want to talk yeah. about 99 Hudson in a yeah. minute, but but to, to carry on with what you're you're talking about here. So the look and feel is becoming more like these newer neighborhoods in Brooklyn and in, in, in Queens and some of the, the gentrifying areas, you know, that are still left in Manhattan. So you feel like people are moving to the Gold Coast or to Hoboken or to Jersey City because A, prices are a little lower, 
but B, they have the same sense of neighborhood and the same sense of, of being connected to something when they're in those neighborhoods. Correct? Sure, sure. Yeah, like Hoboken's been, Hoboken's been developed. Um, it has that small sense. It's only a mile square. Right. Um, but they're not doing much more new development. Uh, the uptown Hoboken market is developing. Um, and it's but, been a migration for the millennials. Yeah. For the last decade. Yes. Oh, I wanted to ask about that. You know, we we in real estate aren't allowed when we're out with customers to talk about you know fair housing stuff like ages and and sure. types of people whatever. But who is moving to Hoboken? I mean, is it, or, or it's a Jersey City actually? Well, Hoboken is actually Hoboken is a lot of um. It, it was younger and now it's they call it Stroller City. It's kind of like you know. Yeah. Yes. There's uh, a lot of people that are you know getting in their thirties, mid thirties, having kids, and now it's you know, becoming like that. Hoboken Moms is a big, you know, group Hoboken there. Moms. Yeah. It sounds like a website my sister-in-law would join. <laughs> you you, you got to get on their good side as a real estate agent. Do you consider Edgewater sure. to be part of the Gold Coast? Yeah, yeah Edgewater absolutely. is part of the Gold Coast, definitely. But um, And Weehawken, right? Yeah, and Weehawken, sure, sure. And the development in Weehawken right now it's is off the hook. Uh, un- yeah. unreal. I yeah. love Weehawken. And it's great because of the ferry. Yeah, I yeah, love the ferry. I, actually, I, I love the ferry. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you think that that's what makes uh, that area attractive enough for millennials or anyone wanting to move across the river? Is, is it the is it the ferry or is it just you know to be out of the hustle and bustle of Manhattan? Well, in see, general? the thing about Jersey City downtown and Hoboken is the path. That's you have the path train, and more importantly, in in Jersey City downtown, you have multiple stops. So, um, for instance, Ninety Nine Hudson is a block away from um, from the Exchange Place. Uh, stop. So you have the Newport stop, and it's a it's about an eight minute ride to the World Trade Center. Yeah, that's interesting. So give us a little bit again. I want to get to ninety nine Hudson, but give sure. us a little bit about the types of housing that that exists in in the Gold Coast. Let's let's keep it to sure. Hoboken and Jersey City. Well, Jersey City mostly where it's really kind of turning around the fastest and greatest. What types of housing? Uh, <clears throat> is out there well you're getting a lot of new development um in the downtown area um down high rises and condos you still have around the grove street path stop you have a lot of um you know older style like row houses row houses and, yeah, with condos those. there yeah and then um i mean even you can take the path back to journal square and journal square is booming right now i mean that's even i think becoming hotter than than the downtown area. We have a townhouse market here in Manhattan that's out of control from a mm-hmm. price perspective, although we talked about it last week and the week before, I think, where prices have started to really come down in the townhouse market. What is the the average price of a townhouse in uh, Hoboken or in Jersey City these days? So, Not the row house, but a, a townhouse, a little bigger. A townhouse, like a, a single-family house. Um, you're looking at 1.5 and up. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I sold a... Uh, how many can we buy per rule? 1.5, isn't that something? I know. Can I have seven, please? <laughs> I mean, that's amazing, well, however, right? It's so I, affordable I, for families. You know, and funny is, I mean, that one over there is selling for like 19 million. What's the square footage of those? Um, 2,500. Yeah, something like that. I did wow. now, now, for instance, though, so this, this is just shows you how Pasco much it changed. and um, Well, on, on 3rd and Hudson, a block from the PATH train, um, you know, there was a... Uh, a th- 324 Hudson it was. It was um, a unit built. It was a big townhome, but it was totally gutted. And the people bought it for 1.1 in 2000, uh, I want to say 2012. Didn't do much to it 
as far as like you know just it was still gutted it was a shell of a building but sold for 2.85 just wow. the appreciational so that's that's a townhouse that's it's a huge i mean it, it was deeded for a you know you could make five units there I remember seeing a study that was done by Goldman Sachs in like 2006, 2007, saying that in 10 years, traffic is going to be this bad. The population growth is going to be this much, et cetera. I can't remember the exact numbers, but over time, I mean, I just, just from a, from a feel perspective, like when we're trying to get from point A to point B all day long Mm -hmm. and how difficult and how much gridlock there is all the time. Really, I mean, it, it just attests to the fact that this study was right on point. I feel like as we all get more and more frustrated with with living in New York, the noise levels in New York, so on and so forth, um, anything outside of Manhattan mm-hmm. it, that is close to transportation is just such a great investment. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that that is where you should Absolutely. be putting your money, you know? We have 50,000 individuals come, moving to the city every single year, and they're not that many that are leaving. And so our population that's projected for 2020 was 9.3 million, Mm -hmm. and we're going to surpass that. Yes, yes. All right, we have to leave it there for a minute and take a break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back, and we are here with Kyle Klaus from Prestige Realty Group in Hoboken. We're here with Peru Brombat from Compass, Sean McPeak from Compass, Louise Phillips Forbes from Halstead Property, Matthew Cohen from Core Real Estate, and Raymond Lord III from Douglas Elliman. Boy, that's a mouthful on a Tuesday morning. 
Anyway, before we leave uh, New Jersey, I want to ask about 99 Hudson. Sure. Um, 99 Hudson, or is it 99 Hudson Street? 99 Hudson. Hudson is okay. the building. Yeah. So I read off the, the the list of amenities, and there's yeah. a poker room. I mean, what what on earth would anybody want with a poker room? I, I guess they want to play poker, right? Yeah. But, but, I mean, we do poker events play. every year. Actually, I was just going. Really? Yeah. And and not only that, but yes. twelve at twelve twelve eighty, there's this uh, twelve eighty fifth Avenue, which is the new development I was selling a couple years ago. Sure. There's an actual room with round tables and a TV that I always kind of dubbed the poker room even though it really wasn't. There's a, there's um, a development there's a building on the east side in the 40s I can't remember the name of it I sold there years ago and one of the reasons my buyer bought there is because she can meet her girlfriends and play poker upstairs in this huge room of amenities and one of them is dedicated for just poker tables. Well, if the building keeps the VIG, then they could add it to the reserves, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Sean. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know what, know. though, in, in, in 2008, 2009, when I had absolutely very little to do in real estate, I have to admit, I made, like, literally made a living playing poker. So, you know, poker is a big deal in this I'm town. I'm not playing liars so. poker with her. <laughs> oh, no. The secrets come out, huh? I took I love the yeah. the full service amenities. Um, full, but it, I mean, is that yeah. full poker amenities? Full poker. I mean, well, a lot of them have <laughs> poker tables. They just don't call it a poker room. But do I, they have right. to have a fully amenitized building for people to kind of get over there? I'm finding here in Manhattan, people still love these new condo developments or rental developments that are fully amenitized. They want to come home and have a whole city of stuff. Listen, but, but the yeah. deal is, Me, is that you find, you find that <clears throat> for families, it becomes an extension of their home. Of your living room. So if you've got a swimming pool, I always joke saying that that's the $800 new. York City savings of birthday parties is a swim party. Well, everyone that's yeah. popping up now in, yeah. in the Gold Coast is all full amenities, pool, gym, spa, all that stuff. And this one in particular, though, I was there um, in the sales office. There was, uh, you know, they're having... Uh, a spa with like massage services and everything. Literally, well, you that could I would call, take advantage you know, of. That yeah. I would certainly take. I like well, the yeah, financial yeah. district. You know, they, mm-hmm. that was the draw for the financial district for all these guys. I, I very mean, correct. All of this is part of. There were six hundred miles of waterfront in across all the five boroughs that, you know, Bloomberg really implemented um, revitalizing the cleanup and rezoning. Yes. And so these are all byproducts of that. And keep your eye on what's going on in the Bronx, what's going on in Staten Island, because those are going to be the next the next waterfront deal. So 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 bro, what are they calling South Bronx? So bro. So bro. The new so bro. (laughs) (laughs) So there are so many things you can do with that. I don't even want to go there, but that's what they're calling it. There is Oh, sorry. sorry, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there is a really big, there's a really big market, though, in, in Hoboken and Jersey cities. From what I've been told from a lot of, you know, investors in Brooklyn, that there's a huge two-family market. Like, there's a huge, like, there's yeah. so many two-family buildings that are there and being, you know, gutted or, or rented out. Like, I have a lot of, um, you know, investors that flip in Brooklyn and they're mo- like they're transitioning to I'm getting that all, area. All the Brooklyn investors yeah, exactly. trying to go to the Heights, Journal Square. I wanted to ask, he brings up a good point. So you're seeing more investor types or more, you know, uh, buyer owners that want to live in these these properties? I mean, both, you know, in in the... Hoboken downtown, there's not a lot of room to make for, uh, for, you know, the Hoboken downtown market is 
it's pretty it's getting pricey mm-hmm. you know relatively i, I mean love when you look at the heights there's mm-hmm. a lot of you know renovation going into the heights mm-hmm. and, and journal square <laughs> also i'm dying to know um <laughs> my friends i in the city are <laughs> completely obsessed with this spa in edgewater called soju okay. i've heard thing? about yeah, it yeah. so much i have too is that a thing near you yeah. wait a minute oh wait my minute. god soju so it's actually don't be don't be <laughs> so when you say don't it like be that, confused no. because it's actually s-o-j-u like, and I think it has a Japanese yes. connotation, yeah. but it's, <laughs> it's an eight-floor spa. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. It's an eight-floor spa. They make you take your shoes off from the second you walk into the place, and it's wild. Like you, They have multiple pool levels and, and you know massage rooms, and it's, it's unbelievable. Right. They have pretty impressive. I mean, if it's have like... You been there? Absolutely. Is it kind of like air bats, but sounds cheaper? Really I would assume. Yes. Very mischievous. But it's not like it's not like yeah. Did you take the ferry over? Yeah. Yeah. Five minute ride from the ferry. Oh, so much better than Spa Castle, and I've never been there. But I've heard. Anyway, what what to 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 finish up on Jersey here? What would you tell buyers who are sort of on the fence with? I I'm looking in maybe some of the newer developing neighborhoods in in Brooklyn. I really 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 love Manhattan but you know what I'm hearing so many great things about Hoboken or Jersey City or Edgewater or, or, or the Gold Coast in general what do you tell people to kind of get them pull them over that that edge or pull them over the across the water Whoa. to be comfortable with living outside of this borough you know honestly I don't know if it is a uh, stigma as much anymore but I think just the Jersey stig just being in New Jersey. What is it? Right? <laughs> you know, it's, that's a, <laughs> which is, in fact, I mean, loca- distance wise, it's as close as anything. I mean, if you look on a map, look, we are literally, the Gold Coast is on the edge of the Hudson River. So it's like wherever you're at, downtown area, Hoboken. Hoboken's more of a smaller, um, you know, quaint quaint place rather than Jersey City downtown which feels more like a new city to yeah. square mile. but even no, uh, if you go out right. Weehawken it really has everything you're I love looking Weehawken. for love. and Weehawken's more of a you know it doesn't have as much commercial the only thing with Weehawken is there's no path train but you have the ferry, the bus, and the light rail, which goes to the the light rail. That's right. Which goes imagine, to the path or Jersey City downtown. I would imagine you don't actually have to drag people across because what I tell people is what's kind of nice about being over there is when you're in Manhattan, you can't see anything. It's great mm-hmm. to be here, but you don't see anything. When you're on the Gold Coast, you've got the see, best view. Yeah, you have the beauty of you have the most magnificent views. I, and I'm hey, if you like wind tunnels and there. scrollers, you know it doesn't matter whether you're in Tribeca or Hoboken; they both have those. So and I, I had my bar mitzvah in Edgewater, so. <laughs> I will say, great backdrop for photos. You're a pioneer. Yes, yes. You're a pioneer. My mom knew it way before anyone else knew it. <laughs> but no, it's it's wild. The, the townhouses in Edgewater. Ten minutes ago. Are, oh, <laughs> that? I want to know that. I love the eight jokes in this room. <laughs> the, the townhouses in Edgewater are millions. Yeah, like elevator townhouses, they're unbelievable. And um, I remember there's this strip of Edgewater. I forgot what it's called. But they, it actually became really popular from... The Real Housewives of New Jersey, because one of the like one of the husbands or something owns a restaurant there. Uh, Ice T lives there. Well, how is that? Well, Donnie Wahlberg and Jenny McCarthy are in Henley on the Hudson. There you go. Okay, that's right in Weehawk. How's it? How's it rebounded from uh, the recession, like since like 2008, 2009? Because uh, my mom actually bought a place in Port Imperial in 2008, nine. Port Imperial. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's like Weehawk in West New York. Yeah. Um, And she sold out a loss years later. She did. Yeah. I mean, what around what year? 
Uh, probably sold like five or six years ago. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so 2012, 2013, it was uh, not ready. It was tough, yeah. Um, there's two parts of Hoboken though. There's there's like the water. There's the waterfront right. um, with Weehawken and uh, West New York Edgewater, mm. but then you know you're you're in between. Uh, you you have the waterfront, but then you have the hill that you know. So it's kind of there's a discrepancy. Like two markets, there's yeah, two markets, different, yeah. two different, totally two different markets. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's a clip, clip side up on the, something or other. Yeah, park. Cliffside side park, park up there. Thank you. So there, there's a hill, and that's <clears throat> not as new development. That's right. all old right. still, you know. And, right. and the prices Babies. are lower there. So now, you know, and beautiful a, views though. Beautiful views. Yeah. If, if, I mean, if sea level rises, you're not. I, I would argue the Jersey Bay is better of the city than any. Borough, you know, I, I would argue What's that? that the views, yeah, views are better of New York City. Better than yeah, from Brooklyn and Long Island City. Yeah, yeah. yeah I go on record, I and you know that I'm very opinionated like, on the show. I go on record saying I Weehawken. endorse and support the Gold Coast. Love it there. I've always liked Hoboken. Legend has it that um, Frank Sinatra is from there, correct? Hoboken. He's born in Hoboken. Hoboken. Sure. He was born there, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sinatra Street, right? So, also, yeah. Fort Lee is really being built up. So, like that that area too. Fort the, Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because for other reasons, right over the bridge, it's a little, you know, busy. I've been seeing a lot of um, like all of Gold's Coast. I mean, I don't know if Hoboken, Jersey City, but a lot of Edgewater and Fort Lee and into Englewood because of Columbia Presbyterian and all that building that's going on uptown. But do you find that the stigma is kind of confusing with Jersey because of West New York? I always find it, yeah. found it very confusing when I was growing up that there's a town called West New York in, in New, New Jersey. Jersey. It's very People look like, cross-eyed when I say that. <laughs> right. Like, I'm in West New York, New Jersey. And they're like, oh, it's funny. Get it. That's a lot to write on a on a yeah. on an address. All right, let's move on to the Hamptons. So the season may be over, but the housing market is still churning forward. As I said in the beginning of the show, out in the Hamptons, the so-called Hamptons Middle, and I didn't know that this was the price range for that middle uh, properties uh, price from one million to five million saw a moderate year-over-year gain in the third quarter. This, according to Douglas Elliman's recent report, the median sale price of a property in the Hamptons was $890,000 in the third wow. quarter, a 7.9% improvement over the same period in 2016. Uh, however, the median sale price fell 13.6% from a quarter, last quarter's $1.03 million, while overall inventory declined in nine uh, for the ninth consecutive quarter with 1,465 listings on the market, the softening luxury market actually saw a jump in inventory. The top 10% of properties on the market in the Hamptons saw a spike of 36 33.6% in the third quarter, raising from 241 listings to 322 listings. Is that an accurate assessment of what's happening out east these days, Mr. Lord? Well, you know, I don't always like these reports because what people have to realize is that when these things come out, they're already six months old, right? So you, right. you get the reports, and that's Perfect. the biggest thing people really need to pay attention to because you get these reports even in the paper. Those deals were made three, it could be four months previous, Absolutely. and people don't realize that. So that's just an FYI for everyone. Um, but it has been more active than usual. Like Normally, it's, it slows down. Like this, The summer season started earlier than, than normal. Um, it usually starts... Labor Day onward, but it started mid-August, which was great for us. Um, seasonality obviously affects everything. Like this time of year, basically now to New Year, it's pretty slow because people have other things on their mind. They're traveling, they're doing this and that. Um, but we expect January, February, March to be booming given the stock market right now. But it's it's pretty accurate. I would say I would the luxury market. I would really love to see where they're getting those statistics, but because um, it's been pretty lagging, especially over five million. Um, 
But overall, it's okay. But they say the middle market is one to five million. I thought that was a big spread because I think, as you just said, five million and up is kind of you know teetering right now. Same here in Manhattan. Everything's sort of at a standstill in that price point. So I would think that first of all, there are not that many houses in the one million dollar range in the Hamptons. Yeah, it's, it's tough, right? So I would say more middle. <laughs> Excuse me, middle market is like one to three million actually. Yeah, that's what I would think. Because once you hit three, it's a different ball game, right? So three to five, it's it's tough. It's still pretty slow. It used to be once you hit two, it was like stepping in quicksand. Honestly, it was it was tough to move, but it's it's moved since then. Like now, you you get up to three, you're okay, but past three, it's it's a little tough. I mean, three million dollars is it's no small amount of money for some people. I mean, today is Halloween, October 31st, the end of the month. Are people still sort of summering out east, or are they kind of like back where they belong, you know, by now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love to say they're back where they belong, but no. Um, I know, that's why I use that term. <laughs> no, there's been, from the past five years, it's been more and more a year-round community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, people will come out for sure um, for Halloween. Usually, uh, Thanksgiving time is a huge time that people come out. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, December always, because it's it's more and more too that I find that people come out just to enjoy like snowfall and they have a fire going. And I love and, winter mm-hmm. in the Hamptons. I've said that for years. Love it, love it, love it. Anyway, we are live from Blast Off Productions here in New York. We have to take a break. This is Good Morning New York. We will be right back. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Group of okay, everybody, we are back live, and I'm here with Peru Brumbat from Compass, Sean McPeak from Compass, Louise Phillips Forbes from Halstead Property, Matthew Cohen from Core Real Estate, Raymond Lord III from Douglas Elliman, and Kyle Klaus, our special guest today from Prestige Property Group in Hoboken. All right, here we go. A study just confirmed what everybody already knew, that attractive residential brokers make uh, more sales. I'm sorry I have to laugh at this story because it's really funny. 
In an industry known for blowouts and stilettos, a study uh, published in the current edition of the Journal of Housing Research found that attractiveness of a broker and their use of pathos defined defined uh, as subjective words used to describe the property affected how a potential buyer responded. That may seem obvious, but there were some surprises. The study asked 1,594 potential home buyers from across the U.S. to rate the appeal of a property after taking an online tour with an agent. A separate group of subjects rated the attractiveness of the agents, male or female, prior to the tour, and this according to the Wall Street Journal. It found that attractive women using pathos were most successful, but surprisingly, Surprisingly, they were more affected uh, with homosexual men than heterosexual men. Married buyers seem to prefer attractive male brokers, the study found. But the most interesting aspect of the research is that it flies in the face of the theory that most buyers prefer agents uh, most like themselves. Okay, we can go all over the place. With <laughs> okay, first of all, I think the girls over here are out in the cold. <laughs> no, 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 no. First of all, I was well, going to say, if anybody looks into this room and checks out this panel over here, I mean, you, they're all beautiful We are very diverse over here. But you're all beautiful people, so, you know, when I'm reading this story this week, I'm thinking of all of you and thinking, well, okay, so there's at so least many, the people I'm looking at this You know, morning, I read, when I read that, I, was, I thought there's so many people that get into this business for that exact reason, and I used well, to work on teams where they'd hire a lot of attractive girls and they would never make it because they would assume that that's the key to doing business. Well, I think that there's a lot more to it than just the looks, but I ha- I just have one gripe with this. Oh, I hope there is. I have a gripe sex. with this and the gripe is Hopefully this. Not just there one. are so no no, I know, right? My my top gripe <laughs> before I open the floor for everybody else's gripes is that I the one thing that just astounds me is social media and female Agents were attractive who use the attractiveness and not their savvy to promote themselves. And and I'm not saying that there can't be like an interesting shot of you in something, whatever, but there's just like a taste level and it just astounds me. So, and the, yeah. Yeah. So I was just going to say that Halstead, however many years ago, went um, to putting your picture on the card. And I was like the last holdout. I was like, my picture has absolutely nothing yes. to do with my operating my business and being of service. So literally, finally, it was like, sorry, it's not up to you anymore. But um, I really resented that. Same, right, same me too. Because to me. Same thing happened I'm to me. I'm glad they don't I do that anymore, by the way. Who he made me, he made they me still do. Put yeah, myself it's not in required. Car. It's. I think. It, I think the picture on the car. I think it's really corny. But I, yeah, we all think it's, it's cheesy. Yeah, but uh, you know what? It, you know what it is good for is uh, for other brokers. So other if other brokers remember you, that's the that's whole thing. Yeah, that's a reference. Yeah, I think it's so a facial recognition. Yeah, like some people don't remember good, names. For everybody else, I think it's. I when I meet people, I'll be like, I'll always remember your face, and I'll always forget your name. And if you don't have your like face a, on that card, I'm not remember you. I'll remember that. That's literally what I say. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm bad with names, but I will. Always remember face, but yeah. but why is it any different than your face being plastered all over the internet? No, no it's I, how it's I, done. It's how it's done. Is I it think a professional like, this picture? was such a big real deal article. Can we just talk about how it was in the real deal? Why is it such a huge? Like I'm surprised it wasn't curved. I I didn't think it was very tasteful of them. Honestly, I hate oh, to say bloggers. that. N- no, but I mean, I, I'm used to their articles being a little more. But it's genius. Up. We're talking about it. So here's what personally bothers. I was going to say what personally bothers me about this is that I woke up that day to so many people 
emailing me and texting me the link to the article. So why am I the one that should be talking about this? I it really really bugs me the whole thing. Um, but I will one thing I will say, and Parole will truly enjoy this is I I did know a girl who worked for a very big broker in the city, and when she originally came into the business, her boss so it was a male broker that she worked for, and he told her you when you do my open houses on Sundays, you will do them in heels. I don't care what the weather is. You have to do that and I was I remember I was so turned off by that and Mm -hmm. the first Sunday she did open houses in her heels she broke her ankle on the (gasps) cobblestone streets of downtown oh my god! so you know what I have to say about this (laughs) karma's uh what (laughs) when we started prestige platforms uh, baby platforms when we first started prestige we did not put car you know pictures Pictures. we thought it was corny we didn't put pictures on the cards. But now when we, we rebranded, um, now it's kind of up to the agent. I don't see why it wouldn't be up to the agent. That's, that's how it is in Halstead now. It I used agree. to be mandatory. Now it's not. I don't have my picture on my card. It, might, it I just don't works want for different agents. You know? It just, you know, it just different strokes for different folks. I mean, if you're, you know, a 65-year-old agent in, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. you know, having your face on your card might be the absolute, you know, most, you know, uh, you know, it just, it just legitimizes you maybe in that market for I think it really comes down to the individual. If you feel you need it on there, if you want it on there for whatever market you're working in, that's great. Yeah. But I don't think it should be mandatory for everybody. I don't have it on mine. I there, there, was a broker, ago, but there was a broker a few years ago who used to have a picture of himself in drag on the back of his car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that, yes. That, that, yes. That oh, yes. That's awesome. Very, I know who that is. Very, very successful. And so very, very very successful. Why, yes. why married couples like working with gay guys? Is that why? Well, no. I think actually I wanted to I wanted to I wanted to talk about that. I think that it is such an in, incredible thing what's happening in our industry. Number one, I think this is just my personal experience. It's usually the wife who would prefer not to have an attractive real estate agent Agreed. present who is also a female. Agreed. So I think that whereas the guy is not so fussed about whether the agent is attractive or not, and attractive people do do better in the world in general. I mean, every statistic shows that taller people do better in general. So there's certain psychological factors that are just simply human that we can't really do that much about. However, that being said, it's and when it comes back to the pictures thing, I don't think that there's a problem with having a professional photo of you right. it, but but it is when on social media it's literally like a broker in her bikini standing by the ocean and it's like and, and you just see that is the stuff that I'm like there, shouldn't there be a professional yeah, voice I, I simply don't last long honestly my experience and I've experienced I a lot agree. of these is I've, <laughs> I have, you know tried to help coach people by <laughs> through like who's real who's not um, you know there's just certain guys especially out there who if you're a real estate agent they're a buyer if you're a singer they're a producer if you're <laughs> an actress they're a you know the casting director so you just got to I don't know. If you're going to put off that, if you're going to put off that image, you're probably not doing that great, honestly. I always say, you know, it, it, you want to talk about attractive brokers, as we're talking about in this segment, but. You, you know, as you, I think, just said, it doesn't last that long. You've got to have substance behind it. you got to have credibility yeah. behind it. You've got to have a deep understanding and knowledge of the industry behind it because a face is a face is a face. You know, it fades just like everything else does over time. You know, beauty fades, whatever. So people might initially be attracted to you for their own selfish reasons. However, they probably won't stick it out with you if you're not showing them 
that you are absolutely being service them and be genuine. Yeah, I just think my gripe just comes from more from a you know here are so many of us out there sort of being the lean in sort of women you know and that it just I just it just feels like you know some it's it's a mentality that takes you back not forward that's all you know. This is true. Anyway, moving on. But I was I was sincere when I said everybody in this room is beautiful. So good luck to everybody. Hopefully, it turns out to be great big business for all of us. Anyway, moving on. Excuse me. Some property listings seem to linger on the market without ever getting into contract and some go into contract within days of being listed. It's a huge bummer to be in the market and see your dream pad disappear before you even have a chance to see it. That's a buyer's perspective. Why do some apartments fly off the market quickly? Your market, your market, all of our markets. I like to refer to it as the three P's, pricing, preparation, and presentation. Yeah. And yeah. Wow. So three P's. So if if you if you have those things, then you should lock and load. And I, I, Luis is a very, very good um, example teacher of this. I, I, I just think it, I'll add one more thing to that. I would say timing. Uh, you know, I think that um, it's not a P, sorry, but it's, um, I think it's always about, I don't know, it's, it's all about the whole package. I think a lot of brokers, um, unfortunately, don't always zip up that package and, and there are a few things that will fall through the cracks and I think that's actually what leads to an apartment lingering. I, agree. I think that when a broker has done this for a while and has been on the listing side for a while, they learn how to button it up perfectly so that yeah. it does, you know, sell efficiently. I, I, guess. I liken it to a football analogy. It's, you know, I call it a game of inches because in a football game at the end of the game, you know, just the smallest little detail can mm-hmm. either win you the game or lose it. Well, you know, it's and, and the first, I would say the first week, week and a half on the market is the most important right. of all. So if you're not 100% ready to go, right. um, you know, I always try to tell my sellers that you, you got to be 100% ready when you hit the market, and that's all guns blazing. Yeah, presentation you know, and preparation are huge, huge, especially in the Hamptons. You have to do a lot of prep. Like You have to know boundary lines if you can extend things. Right. Yep. Um, there's so many different things you need to know. And, and but I, going back to the three Ps, though, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about price because in this <clears throat> specific market these it's days. A, it's a weird market. It's, it's tough to, to comp. Um, comp at the moment uh, because there is a lack of tra- traction, um, whether you're talking about a $20 million transaction or whether you're talking about a million six there's an efficiency that's happening right now in that one to two two market uh, particularly in manhattan but you know for somebody like a team myself i of my hundred transactions that i do a year we stage about 30 of those Mm -hmm. apartments Mm -hmm. a soup to nuts and you know when you have the capacity to take an estate and you have the resources, and we paint and clean up. I have 120 West 70th Street came on the market, no open houses, no doorman, 30% down um, building, prickly board. And, you know, I had a 1,280-square-foot Classic 6 that had been lived in till she was 105 years old. Oh, God. And we painted it. We stripped all of her stuff. We brought in furniture, and we used a lot of what they had. And... We literally had 38 people, appointment by appointment, and we have five offers. Wow. And we're a million six fifty for a non-doorman. Non-doorman. Isn't that something? And needs everything. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really But great knowing, location, though. It's a great location, but you really, it's about knowing what your trade-offs are and embracing what your positives are and through pricing initially. 
I think the reference of the first week on the market is so important. You know, never rush into listing something on both the broker side and the seller side. Um, I mean, right now, like Vince, you said, it's Halloween. It's the end of October. We're coming into two months that are usually pretty slow with the holidays. Um, I have three sellers who I'm holding off till the middle of January. Um, you know, so we're not only talking about timing, we're talking about price and actually we're doing the photos right now this week so that we can still get trees. We can still get leaves. You know, it's, it's all about the full strategy. Absolutely. And I think that I always say the first 30 people through your door are the most educated. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting 30 people in 10 days, in this environment, maybe not the twenty million dollar market, but but um, on the lower end of the market, five million and down, then you're missing the market. All right, we've got to leave it there. We'll be back after these messages. We are live from Blast Off Productions. This is Good Morning New York. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their product. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Aliens with Gas, we are the extraterrestrial rock show airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. <laughs> Whatever happens out and about, it kind of dictates our conversation. For sure. And we like to tie in a little bit of the past and obviously keep it real current. And real current was a couple nights ago right here in Phoenix. A phenomenon happened. On Thursday night. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Yeah. Also, seriously, Vince, Dad. Okay, everybody, we are back with Perul, Sean, Louise, Matt, Ray, and Kyle, so our music came shorter and shorter. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't read them off anymore. Too many segments. Anyway, whether you're looking to purchase an apartment as a primary residence or an investment, buying property in New York City is likely one of the largest purchases you will ever make. It's essential that you treat a New York City uh, property investment the same as you would any other investment and look for signs that it will grow in value. Many buyers hope for capital appreciation while 
You can just jump in and ride the wave of the ever-growing New York City real estate market. You can also hunt for a particularly good property investment. How do you identify real estate opportunities that are likely to grow faster than others in this particular marketplace, or actually in New Jersey and also out in the Hamptons? Uh, There's lots of stuff on the market for sale, but how do you know what's good? I think there are a couple of things. I'll talk about the city first, and then I'll give Ray, you run amok on, on the Hamptons. But uh, I think that some of the tricks of the trade that developers have done is take a look at what's being rezoned. So if you take a look at um, the step back and look at the 6th Avenue run in the 20s and how that rental, all those huge rental buildings yeah. where there was no limitation on height, um, look at what happened west in the West Village, all the West Side hi- Highway, as well as um, the Highland. All of those opportunities, my own little tiny building at 50 Madison Avenue became an anchor for that whole community to to convert to residential. One Madison, the gift building, 10 Madison. And I had a nine-unit building that was the only residential. So that kind of trend and and being mindful of that, also taking a look at what's happening with small little artistic coffee shops and book, you know, bookstores and mm-hmm. you know, artist migration. That's really been some of the hooks for the borough leading in in Brooklyn. I think there's so many variables with this. Specifically outside of Manhattan, but it does apply to Manhattan. I and mean, I've talked about this before. Is I tell everyone elevation is the commodity of the future. If you're buying something that's remotely near the water, you need to pay attention to elevation. This would apply to the Gold Coast, you would imagine. It's so funny. I was going to bring this up earlier when we were talking about all the coastline property Mm -hmm. in Staten Island and Sobro and all of that. And I I was about to say right then, you know, aren't we concerned, given Mother Nature is going in the direction that she is, as to what is the future of these waterfront properties? Even in Manhattan, one of the reasons why Beyond the Q Train and why I purchased on the Upper East Side is when we had that whole power outage of NOPO and SOPO, the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side, (laughs) had... Serious elevation. If there's ever a problem, it's not going to be. I felt comfortable being on the Upper West Side. I did. Yeah. So you mentioned that actually. uh, The year we opened Prestige, 2012. Five months later, we had Sandy, and uh, our office was five feet underwater. So Hoboken has a really big problem. Yeah, we were out for about six months. We still had an opportunity to work somewhere else, and you know, real estate you can work remotely as long as you have internet and phone. But like, yeah. I mean, mm. the elevation, Hoboken has a real problem with that. They're getting better, but... I always say that's one of the reasons It's one of the reasons why I love Harlem and why I love, you know, Hamilton Heights. And I think there's a lot of movement going on up there. Obviously, not just from that, but, you I know, agree with you. I, I was with investors yesterday. I was with investors on Sunday. Um, you know, also, while... Luis was talking about the 600, so he said Luis, 600 miles 600 of a waterfront. miles of waterfront. I think that's also just a great investment because at the end of the day, people do love views. People like when there's not a risk of something being built next to you. Um, and even though it's great to buy in an area that is being built up, quote unquote, um, you know, I think projects like the Greenpoint <coughs> in, in Brooklyn, you know, towers that are in Long Island City that, that cannot be built in front of are always going to have a huge premium that people are going to pay for them. You know, but this is New York City and even, you know, again, working in new development, people say all the time when they look out the window, what's going to happen over here? What's going to happen over there? Sometimes Mm -hmm. you have an ironclad answer, nothing, and you can back it up and prove it. Most of the time you can't. So from an investor head who comes in and says, well, you know, somewhere down the road, 
this may go away and something taller may come up. You know, how how do you figure that out? And think of things like one Manhattan Square, um, you know, down the Lower East Side. And not to repeat it, but the green point, these projects are not only on the water, so they cannot be built in front of that direction right. until someone figures out how to build on water. I'm I'm dying to marry him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but like they also have tax abatements, which well, are completely rare these days. Well, so is, how are these buildings not great buys? Right. Yeah. You know, what's funny. There's a place in, in Weehawken that's built out on the water. The problem is there is that um, they're they're having so much problems with re you know with taking care of the bill uh, taking care of the pylons and everything in because you're mixing in some salt water with that too but i would like to say the uh the the transportation that's one thing to look out for especially in 100 percent yes 100 percent on that one anyway my two cents on the whole topic is work with the buyer's broker listen to what your broker is saying they will guide you they would they will advise you uh when you're trying to do this out on your own especially buying an investment property it ain't gonna work Anyway, moving on. If you move to the Upper East Side, you know what to expect. If you move to Crown Heights, you're going to be in, a f- in for a few more surprises. As pricing in many parts of the city grows out of touch with what buyers can afford, once overlooked neighborhoods are un- undergoing transitions in record time, when these neighborhoods attract new residents, new retail and commercial opportunities follow. They spring up. Blocks change quickly. And when that happens, property values climb too. How do buyers, you know, again, not only investors, but how do buyers in general initially react to the thought of buying in an up-and-coming neighborhood? What are they looking for? Well, I, I think there's three words in real estate that I was always told when I was the spring chicken, which is not today. Um, it was almost 30 years ago. They used to say location, Damn, girl. location, location. Your hair location. tells me otherwise. <laughs> they used to She's got awesome hair. Awesome anyway. hair. So. Oh, Valerie Sorry. Joseph. Um, <laughs> Shout out. So, so listen, they used to say location, location, location. And the interpretation of what location, location, location used to me, it would be east of 3rd, 5th Avenue, 83rd to 68th, and that's it. You know, and now, or whatever, the same version, whether it's Tribeca, don't go past Hudson. And mm-hmm. so what's changed is that location, location, location means you know, migrate to the, and it's been, it's really was fueled by the millennials. The millennials who, by the way, You're pushing welcome. the envelope, pushing the envelope. They, they are also remember two thirds of that entire generation work for themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Two thirds right. of twenty five percent of our entire population. Well. You're welcome. Exactly. Um, but the no, you're. It's, it's true like because no, it, it's the whole wave of um, you know cafes and grocery stores, and and I always say to like my clients when they move to areas organic, like green. you said, right? Like you said, like um, east of church, no one would ever buy east of church in Tribeca years ago, and now you see there's a brand new Toll Brothers project at 91 Leonard. Um, I mean, so you know, and going into Crown Heights, like people really look for that one or two big retail spot along with the subway to say this will have its day like this will 100 percent have its day and you know i want to be there before that happens well you know in uptown uh, hoboken right now there's a um there's two toll brothers buildings that are being built um 1400 hudson and uh, 1100 maxwell david loves and um, hoboken. as soon as the trader joe's word was going in there um right outside the lincoln tunnel that just you know it's like sellers Bingo. yeah yeah, same with Whole Foods. 
Yeah. yeah. So like so Whole Foods yep. effect, you know, it's, Tribeca, Columbus yeah. Circle, Golanus. These anchor name stores really yeah. draw people in. Yeah. It's, it's quite oh, a shame. But what I want to do, do we think that they still draw it? Because I was yes. having yeah. a yeah. 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 Based on. Hold on. So I actually, I had a really long conversation with the developer about this history. I think that the, it's shifting brands. So I think that Whole Foods and Starbucks and Trader Joe's used to have that power. Um, I think Whole Foods still does, but I don't know if Trader Joe's. Still does. Yeah, I'm well, that's it. But that's what I was saying. Orgasmic. I mean, you just walk into that store and it's just unbelievable. Well, no, no, but, they, still love but to Louise's point, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they're shifting more to soul cycles, to sweet greens, to well, equinoxes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, talk about, yeah, so but, there's but, so but, many people buying on like orchards. In these neighborhoods, they have one thing in common, I just realized, is that all their, all their like bodegas and grocery stores suck. So, like, okay, on that note, we are out of time. Until next time, please be kind to one another. For all of us at Voice America, all around the world, thanks for joining us, and I will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.